Welcome back, everybody, to the SOS Stacy On Sports Podcast Show. I'm sorry I've been off for like a month or so, been real busy, but I'm back on it. I am your host, of course, the next voice of sports, Stacy Carter II. And today I got a very special guest with me over here in LA, Mateo Neverett, NBA writer, avid, avid Lakers fan. Welcome to the show. How you doing today? I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you very much. Uh, been watching a lot of Lakers this year, man. It's been an up and down year for a lot of teams, but it, the league's in an interesting place, you know. Mm-hmm. It feels like we haven't gotten the whole rhythm of the season going yet. I mean, we're in the season, but, you know, players are players are dropping out with COVID protocols and stuff, so I'm excited to get into it with you, man. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, people. We're going to talk about the NBA. The NBA is at that midpoint. We're going to give our mid-season report. We just came off an All-Star Day, not weekend day. What you think of the All-Star Day? How you think it went? It was interesting. You know, we had it on one day of the year. Usually it's a whole three-day event, but with wanting to contain all the events with COVID and everything, I, I see how they tried to compromise, you know, the owners, and they still want to make their money. They still want to have an event. Um, I'm, I'm sure if Adam Silver, if it was up to him, he probably wouldn't have done it, but I think he was pressured by the owners and such. Um, so thus, it was one day. I thought the game itself was fun. Yeah. I thought the slam dunk contest was a little boring. You know, it's the same thing. We we don't get like the big name guys anymore. We could get uh, a, like LeBron, a Zion, you know, some star caliber players like that. The dunk, dunk contest would be revitalized. To be fair, when we had Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine going at it, that was an amazing one. Oh yeah, oh, I still but, um, Yeah, the three-point shootout, you know, it's funny. That, that was probably the best event because you had a back and forth between Conley and Curry. And it was kind of, Curry hadn't done the three-point shootout in a long time. I can't remember the last time, but you wonder, okay, now's the moment. Are you going to be, are you going to, you know, act like the greatest three-point shooter of all time that you are? And when uh, he, they had him go last out of everyone. So they had like five guys go before. And so I was like, okay, is Curry going to put up like 30 points right now? And he did, dude, he stepped up. And I'm someone who likes to dump on the Warriors just because like a little NorCal, SoCal rivalry. But I can, I can always appreciate Steph and Draymond and Clay at the end of the day. Oh yeah. Um, the three-point shootout was excellent. And the skills challenge was boring per usual, in my opinion. Um, if you, if they could replace the skills challenge with anything, what do you think they should do it with? You ever, you ever consider that? I never considered it, but since you asked the question, maybe like, maybe like a horse type of thing. I, I think that would be cool. Yeah. I really don't know. I really don't know. I'm going to keep thinking about that. But, you know, let's get into the NBA midseason report. The NBA will restart on Wednesday, March 10th. It will restart, but... We got to let's take a look back. Uh, we're going to talk about our biggest takeaways. Uh, who was the best team? Who was the surprising team? Who was disappointing? Who mm-hmm. should get M- NBA awards? Who should win it? And everything in between. All right, so let's get right into it. The biggest takeaways from this first half of the season. Uh, for me, I really think that there's like no clear favorite to win, to win it all. Like no clear favorite, and also the parity, the the competition this year is very fierce. Um, going to the season, I know, I know you especially. We assumed that the Lakers was gonna repeat, you know, after they made the moves getting Dennis Schroeder, 
et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the, the 76ers have stepped up. The Jazz have been hot, like high, like what they want, like 22 games in a row or something like that. Uh, you still got the Milwaukee Bucks to continue with. The Suns have looked fantastic under Chris Paul's leadership. So there's just a lot of parity going on. Then we have teams that are, were out of the playoffs last year that are stepping into the playoff pitch this year. Like this year we have the New York Knicks in the picture. We have the, the Hornets in the picture. The Warriors are back in the picture. The Spurs are back in the picture. So it's just been great competitive basketball. And I'm expecting the competitive NBA playoffs this year. What, what is your biggest takeaways from this first half of the season? I definitely agree with the parody thing. I think we saw that trend come up last year when we were at that breaking point. We're like, is Kawhi going to go to the Lakers and form a new super team or will he go somewhere else? Kind of shocked us because we thought the Clippers were out of it. Then he went to the Clippers. And then I like this um, bigger sense of parody that we've been seeing the last couple of years. Um, some of my biggest takeaways, and it kind of has to do with the jazz too. Um, they've probably looked like, out of the best version of themselves that, that they could be. You know, they're probably like the closest to the best version of themselves. I think that a big reason is because of continuity. You have a lot of the guys who have been playing in this system for a long time. I think eight or nine of their players were on last year's playoff team. And then they also got Oyan Bogdanovich back, who was injured all playoffs. Um, Mike Conley had a really down year last year. I was surprised. I remember in the Lakers matchups with the Jazz, Mike Conley was just breaking open threes. He was hurt, but he was also learning a new system. So I think continuity has been a big reason that teams like the Jazz have looked pretty good. You got familiar scheme for them. They got um, returning players. And I think they were hit by COVID protocols a bit, but not to the point where a team like the Lakers was, where when Dennis Schroeder got hit, they wanted a four-game losing streak because – when Dennis Schroeder went out, that was a big part of our team, and he was one of our biggest offensive initiators. So thankfully, the Jazz have been able to power through that for them. They hold the top record in the NBA. Um, I think continuity has been a big theme this year. Also, I think, going back to your parity point, it has been hard to judge who the best team is, and it's hard to kind of forecast their ceiling because you look at a team like the Nets, who just got hardened. We have this superstar trifecta now. And they're the only team that has three superstars like that now. So they have a unique situation, but um, they haven't played that much together. We've seen a few games and they, um, they need more time to figure it out, to figure out how good they can be. We know that the defense is lacking there and we know that they're probably going to make a move to shore up that front court depth. But how, do you know how many games they played together? I, it's not enough for me to assess yeah, whether they can you know, be a clear favorite or not. And I agree. I don't think there is a total clear favorite though. I will side with my hometown Lakers just because <laughs> I've seen, I saw him do it last year. Um, and our defense, even with our best defender, Anthony Davis, being hurt all year and even being out, we're still like the number one ranked defense in terms of defensive rating, I believe, which has been a big, um, big plus for me, you know, despite all the kind of up and down stuff this season. So continuity has been a big thing, but it's just hard to assess how good these teams can be because of things like COVID protocols. The season's kind of been, it's in a weird rhythm, you know, but it's going to be a problem that persists for the rest of it, you know, battling COVID and fans coming back into the arena too. We just saw fans come back at a Knicks game. Fans have been at the Jazz games. Um, so that's going to be a new factor coming in as well. Yeah, let me go back to the Nets because I've been on board saying that they must win 
the NBA Finals at some point. They must win it with the hottest team is constructive. Like you just mentioned, having Kyrie, having KD, having James Harden. Now they just sound Blake Griffin. So mm-hmm. they they it, it, it's an absolute must for them to to win the NBA Finals. They have to. Um, I, I still expect the Lakers to be in the mix and all that. But what you think of the uh, of the Nets? If if they all healthy and all at one, playing on one accord, do you think that they are unstoppable and, you know, the finals trophy will be theirs? I think it seemed like the Lakers, when you have Anthony Davis and LeBron, I don't think you have a clear answer for how to guard them. You know, they're not going to be able to guard AD if he gets in his playoff form from last year where he was, you know, just hitting jumpers left and right, hitting turnaround buzzer beaters. Um, you know, DeAndre Jordan's not going to shut AD down. So I think that the Nets still have to make a couple moves. And Blake Griffin was a good, a good move for their scoring depth for sure. You know, we'll see if he gets revitalized by being in a new situation. Um, but they still need to make a move for the front court. And, dude, if they get Drummond, I think that puts them over no, the top. Because no. That, please no. Oh, because, oh. number one, I want Drummond because we need more rebounding, yes. blocking, and pain protection. <laughs> number two, that plugs all their holes, man. I mean, rebounding, rim protection. If they had young DeAndre Jordan, you know, that would be set. They'd be – they'd probably be unstoppable. But they need someone else at this point. DeAndre's a little old. So Drummond's going to be a big, big – big factor in swinging, you know, the power balance of the league. Uh, they don't need nobody else. I think they have everything. Like, there's no excuse. When you got three uh, three great scores, like three great scores all time, I, you have no choice but to win the finals. You have absolutely no choice. So, Brooklyn Nets, you are on the clock. Let's uh, move to the next topic, uh, the best team. We mm-hmm. think the best team in the NBA so far. My vote is for the Jazz. You know, I, I, I love the Lakers. Brown, my favorite player of all time, but I got to go with the Jazz. Only nine losses on the year. They're the only team that don't have double-digit losses. Like I mentioned before, uh, they had like a 20-game winning streak at one point. Uh, top five in offense and defense overall. Like you mentioned, having Bogdanovich back, that was key. Uh, they they missed him in the playoffs. They missed his three-point shooting, his shooting overall. Having Mike Conley healthy and Rudy Gobert, fan, still fantastic defensive player, might win defensive player of the year. Then you have Donovan Mitchell, who, you know, is kind of underrated, but I think he's getting a lot of attention now. And Quinn Snyder, the coach, he, he had these guys playing great. Um for me, for a long time, I've been looking for the Jazz to be this type of team. They always been a playoff team. They always have surprised us in a way. Like, we never looked at the Jazz, and we don't expect much, but they always in the playoffs. But when they get to the playoffs, they always get kicked out early. And I said that last year that they need to elevate in the playoffs. They can't have these early exits. Like you mentioned before, they have continuity. These guys been together for a few years now, so something got to pop off, and Maybe this is season now. So who you think, if not the Lakers, is the best team in the NBA right now? The Jazz, I'm going to agree with you. The Jazz probably looked the best. And because of the reasons we were talking about before, um, I think when everyone's totally healthy, I got to go with my Lakers. And I think if the Nets get Drummond, I think the Nets are the best, honestly. Drummond will plug up so many holes for them. 
And like we were saying, we hope that doesn't happen. Um, what about if all the teams are totally healthy? Who do you think would, would be the best in a playoff series? If all teams are totally healthy, um, yep. I, mean, I, I mean, I have to – you have to go with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You got to go with the Lakers. I, I, you know, I, I think the playoffs are, is a different animal. It's a different beast. Like, regular yep. season, yeah, you can do well and all that. Look at the Milwaukee Bucks. But when you get to the playoffs, it's just different. And you, you got to be – you got to be there mentally, and I think the Lakers have the best mentality of uh, all the playoff contending teams. So, healthy, I mean, who who's going to guard AD? Like, like my boy Mike White, shout out to Mike, like he would ask, who's going to guard AD? Who's going to stop LeBron? Especially LeBron. LeBron is playing, you know, smart basketball. He's using his mind now. He's not using his body as much. Dennis Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder's a ball hawk. I mean, Marcus saw his intelligence, and then you have hopefully Kyle Kuzma can elevate his play a little bit more. I've been looking for him to take off, and they, I, I think they really do need drumming. But if they, if all of them healthy, I'm going with the Lakers number one. Yeah. Um, one other thing I want to ask: What do you think of the Blake addition? How how do you think he helps them? And you know, how how do you think that? you know, puts the Nets in the position that they are now. See, this thing, I don't know. I don't know how much Blake has left in the tank. I think, like you said, offensively, he would add a little bit of punch. Uh, I like how Blake Griffin has tailored his game as he got older. He's losing, you know, his hops, his altitude. He's not known as a dunk anymore. Um, He had some of his best years with the uh, uh, Pistons as far as shooting and efficiency and all that stuff. But like defensively, I don't know where he is defensively. And yep. that's what the Nets, that's what they need the most. Even though they have three fantastic scores, none of them are like fantastic defenders. None of they are capable, but they are not that good overall. But they're not at the the level of the Lakers defense, man. Yeah. We saw how good they could get. Um I think if Kyrie and Harden and Durant really locked down in a playoff series. I think we can get some okay defense out of the Nets, you know, like totally motivated. But night to night, they're probably more focused on running the offense. At least that's what I've seen from a few games. That's why they've gotten some bad losses under their belt. But they've also gotten some good wins. So the Nets are such a wild card. It's hard to, it's hard to you know, figure them out. It's hard to peg them down right now, especially with, you know, their players in and out of the lineup. Yeah, ironically enough, they remind me of – the, the how the Suns were back in the day. That that seven second or less offense, they'll give you 120 points, but then they can give up 125. That's why we never seen the Suns go to the NBA Finals. They never won the championship because they their defense is just not there. And, you know, Steve Nash is at the helm, so they yeah. gotta get better on that defense though. But uh, so we in agreement that the Jazz are the best team in the NBA right now. Right? They look they look like the best team, yeah. Um, and that's just, you know, dependent on the health of the other teams and everything. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Who's been the most disappointing team in the NBA thus far? Who in your mind has been the most disappointing team or teams in the NBA? I got a few, actually. Um, oh. the, Cel- the Celtics, mm. the Raptors, the Mavericks a bit, and to, the, to an extent, the Bucks. Mm. So the I'll, Bucks. I'll go through them. The Bucks, yeah, they've had some bad losses. Um, I think Middleton has been out, 
but I just I kind of expected them to be a little better. And I see fans kind of complaining about Brook Lopez on Twitter. I still think Brook Lopez is pretty good, though I'm not watching him night to night. Um, I just I just remember seeing you know the scoreboard and seeing like oh they lost by 15 to that team that's not in the playoffs or that's not going to be in the playoff picture. So I thought the Bucks would you know take a more of a step forward. I thought Giannis's jumper would be a little more developed by now. Yeah. I think Giannis is a hard worker. I think he'll figure it out eventually. You know, it might not be this year though, and I don't think they're going to win a championship until Giannis can get a more reliable stroke. Um, so that's the Bucks. The Celtics. You know, we've seen in our group chat how Jordan, our uh, our other our guy at Crown Hoops, has just been kind of going crazy at Campbell Walker not being able to close games and not being healthy. Celtics seem seem pretty happy with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And, you know, they're two of the best young talents in the league. Yeah, I like them a lot, too. And it's hard for me to say that because they're a Celtic. But as individuals, I, I really like their games. And um, I think they're, like, good dudes, too. Um, but they're barely above 500, and they're below 500 for a good little while. Now, I think they closed their pre-All-Star break on a few-game winning streak. So things were looking up for them. So let's see if they'll figure it out. But... I thought their record would be a little bit stronger. And um, the last two, the Raptors, they started off like two and 10. And I was like, Jesus, what's going on? Why are the Raptors <laughs> two and 10? They just won two years ago. And then um, I was talking to my friends and I realized, oh, so they don't have any rim protection anymore. They don't have Marc Gasol. They don't have yeah. Serge Ibaka. Kawhi is gone. And, you know, I'm sure injuries and stuff. I'm like, okay, that makes a little more sense. But still, I thought, you know, Siakam would be stepping up a little more. And that's the Raptors. Um, the Mavericks. I thought Luca and Crip stops Porzingis would be gelling a little bit more by now. You know, I thought they'd be a little more lethal. I think Luca's carrying his weight, but it seems like Chris stops still has some stuff he's got to figure out. So those have been my um, my most disappointing teams. What about you, man? Uh, I picked one out the East and one out the West. Uh, the East, I gotta go with the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Ooh. Hawks, yeah, sixteen and twenty right now. Trey Young is doing his thing, but it seems like it's a lot of confusion in that locker room. Um, I've been hearing things about John Collins, him might getting traded, him moving on in in free agency. He's supposed to be the number one rated power forward entering free agency. Uh, it seemed like things got dicey ever since they landed Clint Capella in that in that big trade that happened before the deadline. Uh, they just fired uh, Lloyd Pierce. Yeah. Coach. So I don't know where they're going. I was expecting them to be more competitive just because I believed in in the young pieces they have. I, I like John Collins. I think he's underrated. Of course, Trey Young, we, he's a fantastic player. I think Clint Capella, double-double machine, and they have some young guys, you know, sprinkled in there. But over, overall, just been disappointing. And what happened to Rondo? I don't know what happened to Rondo. Maybe he – He's he's regular season Rondo man. We saw it. <laughs> he, it's not playoff Rondo. That's not, that's not Rondo yet. Um, if they do find themselves in a first round series, though, expect Rondo to be there. You know, if they get there. Oh my goodness. And yeah, but now that you bring up the Hawks, I'm kind of in agreement with you because they made a lot of moves. They didn't they get Bogdan Bogdanovich? Yeah, um, yeah. Got Danilo Gallinari. Yeah. People are kind of you know like oh is this the new young team out east? But they have underperformed a bit. And it's it's that chemistry seemed to be coming into play. I heard there's some rift between Trey Young and John Collins. Mm. So I would also add them to my list too. 
And in the West, I got the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, they're right now they're 20. Sorry, Matt Huff. So right now they're uh, 21 and 15. I just thought their record would be a lot better. Um, coming into the season, I was very high on the Denver Nuggets after their performance in the playoffs, coming back down from uh, 3-1 twice and try to and was a little bit competitive with the Lakers in the in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Jokic, I knew Jokic was going to be fantastic. Uh, Murray, I want to see a little bit more from Murray. I know he had some few games here and there, but I want to see a little more from him. I've been disappointed in, even though I think the COVID protocols had something to do with it. Michael Porter Jr., his impact overall hasn't been felt yet. Uh, Bobo, I thought he was going to develop a little more. I haven't really heard much about him. And also the other complimentary pieces stepping up. Uh, there's not much there. Paul Mills said maybe age is affecting him. And, you know, they still in the playoff picture, and there's still plenty of time. And all you got to do, you got to just be hot. You just got to be hot entering the playoffs. That's what every sport. But them right now being 21-15, uh, that's disappointing to me. I thought they'll be – more so at the top of the West. I thought they'd be in the in the place where the uh the Suns are. So that's who that's my team in the West, the Denver Nuggets. What you think about them? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. And the old questions about Murray, you know, come around again. We saw in the bubble, oh, he is capable of going crazy in the playoffs like that. Because the year before, I think he also did pretty well in the playoffs. But night to night, being a 25 point a game scorer that's what was the next step for him to take that, you know, that star leap. And I think before the all-star game went down, I was reading that Murray was kind of heating up again. So if they can carry that momentum into the second half, then they'll be on the right track. But there, Jokic has been amazing though. He's mm -hmm. averaging, I think like 27 a game and also, you know, like around 10 boards, around 10 assists. So he's been amazing for them. And Jokic can be kind of up and down sometimes. Sometimes when the Lakers have played them in the past, I know I kind of view everything through a Lakers lens, but that's just my favorite team. Um, sometimes when he's played the Lakers in the past, he's kind of gone passive. And I wonder, like, why is Jokic not being a little more getting his own shot, being more offensively aggressive? He's just a pass-first guy, you know. That's what kind of got him really into passing in the first place. And I think he's had to learn how to be more of the team's main scorer. So it's just a learning process for them, though. They're still pretty young. Um, a guy like Gary Harris for them has been injured. And I know he's a crucial, especially yeah. defensively, role player for them. So it's another team that has, you know, gotten their rhythm interrupted by injuries. And another thing we didn't mention was the shorter offseason playing a role. And, you know, it seems like a lot of guys are just getting hurt this year. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they'll heat up a little bit more. Hopefully Murray will be there. All right, so let's go to the other side of the spectrum here. Let's put some smiles on people's faces. The surprising teams. In the NBA, my surprise team right now is the New York Knicks. Right now, they're in the driver's seat to make the playoffs. I think they're like 18 and 16 or something like that. Um, Julius Randle has been putting up MVP type numbers. Now nah, he's not my MVP candidate. Don't 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 get it twisted, everybody. But but his numbers been putting up. He leads them in points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, this was surprising to me. I just looked this up. They're number one overall in defense as far as opponents' points per game were 104.4. And, you know, even though that might be surprising because that's the, this the Knicks and we just love to take a crap on the Knicks every chance we get, 
you know, they have Tom Thibodeau as their head coach, and he's a defensive-minded head coach. He always have great defensive teams. Now, on the other side of that, here's, here it again with Tom Thibodeau, the lack of offense is getting the Knicks in trouble. That's why they record is not a better than it should be. But overall, for them being in the playoff picture right now, and then R.J. Barrett still developing and everything, I like – the way that they're going right now. I thought they was going to be a playoff team in the next couple years, but it seemed like it's starting this year. So who's your surprise team right now in the NBA? Two of them. The Knicks was one of them. And I mm. love seeing Julius Randle flourish, man. Out of all the young Laker guys, he was my favorite. I just liked his, you know, aggressive ass, um, bull in a china shop style. You know, I love seeing him in transition, just like just so much muscle, just with, with so much speed, kind of like LeBron. But – I love seeing oh, him. Yeah. yeah, not like <laughs> not in every facet. His term in terms of uh, size and speed and transition, it just gave me a LeBron kind of effect. Um, seeing him step up to be like a mid twenties points per game score, that's great to see. And seeing him like become so beloved in a big city like New York, you know, I like to I like to crap on the Knicks too. But the NBA is better when uh, the Knicks are good. Oh yeah. And, you know, Nick Nick fans have something to um, be happy about. But, hey, in the meantime, we'll take the jokes, too. Another team has been the Charlotte Hornets, man. Mm. Um, Gordon Hayward's having a little bit of a renaissance. LaMelo Ball has looked like a certified NBA baller out there. Um, They got a lot to be happy about right now. Terry Rozier is doing his thing, too. Um, Malik Monk, I believe, as well. You know, he's doing some really good things out there, too. So the Charlotte Hornets were another surprise team for me as well, man. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I like the way they're playing. Uh, I, I mentioned this before about the Hornets. I didn't know where they were going exactly because I know they got a lot of young guys, a lot of talented guys too, but I was worried about them putting it all together. But it looks like they're going to the right direction. So shout out I to know. them. Because it shout could be like them. an Atlanta Hawks situation where you have a lot of talent, but they're just not vibing. But the Hornets yeah. seem to have good chemistry and they're vibing. So yeah. happy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right, so let's get into – the NBA awards, you know, now it's time to start talking about it a little more. I think we can skip um, rookie of the year. I think we can skip that. I think everybody's in agree who's going to be rookie of the year. Six man of the year, we can skip that too. I think yeah. we all agree who's going to be six man of the year. Uh, there's three awards that, that are going to be like up for grabs. Um, I want to get into defensive player of the year, coach of the year, and obviously MVP. Uh, defensive player of the year, right now I have Ben Simmons. I think it's time to recognize Ben Simmons as a great defender. Every time he guards, you know, one of the best guards on the team, they don't do well against him. And his defensive prowess leading the charge right now for the Philadelphia 76ers, who are number one in the East right now. I know we've been talking about the Brooklyn Nets, but right now number one in the driver's seat, is the 76ers. And I think it's time to give him, give his due. I, we, we give him a lot of crap for his jump shooting and how he hasn't evolved, especially offensively. He is, people think he's plateaued, but this man is a, is a fantastic player, can do it all. I always said, I don't know if you're going to like this, and I've always said he was like LeBron liked, like, like a B version of LeBron. No, I agree with that. I mean, yep. just the, the passing and the speed and yeah. just, you know, the aggressiveness that he can play with sometimes. Um, I agree with that, too. Yeah, I think 
I think Ben Simmons has a chance to win it, number one, because of voter fatigue with Rudy Gobert, although he still tends to show up in the top rankings. Like last year, I think he finished second in defensive player of the year voting. Um, but what I like about a defender is when they can guard a whole bunch of positions in different areas. Gobert can kind of do that too. You know, he can, he's gotten better at keeping up on the perimeter with guys. Um, but Ben's always doing it. And despite the offense being up and down and the scouting report adjusting to him, his defense has always been pretty good. So I think it might be Ben's time to win that award too. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Time for Ben Simmons to shine. Let's go. Let's go Ben. All right. Coach of the year. There's a lot of coaches that could be coach of the year. Um, this is a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. This is a hard one. Um, right now I got two, obviously Quinn Snyder. He's leading everybody. Best record jazz. Um, I do want to give a shout out to, to Monty Williams out there in Phoenix. The Suns are number two. Number two in the West. Mm-hmm. I repeat, number two in the West. We were talking about the Lakers. We were talking about the Nuggets. talking about the Clippers. Everybody was talking about the Warriors making a comeback. But who's number two? The Suns. And Monty Williams is, you know, we seen them in the bubble when they went 8-0 in the bubble. And we all expect them to take a jump. But I didn't expect them to go number two. So, I got Quinn Snyder and Monty Williams right there. Uh, anybody in your coach of the year race? I would say those two, and I would also say Thibodeau, who, mm-hmm. you know, we were just singing the praises of the Knicks earlier. But, hey, Thibodeau showed up, and they have an over 500 record. Team seems to like him, too. I think he should be worthy of consideration as well. Yeah. All right, Thibodeau, you're in a running. Congratulations to you. <laughs> All right, so MVP. Here's the fun with MVP. Do you have LeBron as your MVP? Do you have LeBron? I have right now. I, I just want to say I'm one of those people who thinks these awards shouldn't count. You shouldn't count for only the regular season. And if we do want to have a regular season award, let's have a playoff award, award as well for things like defensive player of the playoffs or defensive player or MVP of the playoffs. I believe they do it in hockey. Um, I, I got frustrated with it last year because I thought Giannis, you know, he obviously kind of choked in the, in the second round there. But I also didn't like seeing him not take on the defensive assignment of guarding Jimmy Butler when he was killing the Bucks. And I'm like, why is the defensive player of the year not being thrown on Jimmy? And his response was that, oh, that wasn't in the coach's plan. I listened to the coach. Still, I would have liked to see the crown defensive player of the year, you know, try his hand at stopping Jimmy Butler with your season on the line. I like it for the awards to represent the whole year. I think it would just, you know, bring weight to them more because the players often talked about based on what they did in the playoffs anyways. So I'm, we're, we're just always in this argument, argument loop of, Oh, he was the MVP, but like he didn't do it in the playoffs. So I think it'd make it easier for all of us if we could either just make the whole award encompass the playoffs too, or if there was a playoff MVP, but that said with the current rules, I think probably got to go with Embiid. I would, I would have gone with LeBron maybe if he, they recently had that four game losing streak and, you know, a lot of things go into it, fatigue and whatnot. Um, the Lakers not having Dennis Schroeder who they lost to COVID protocols. I think if LeBron ended up putting some, putting up some amazing games during that streak. And if they got a couple wins off, they lost a couple close ones. They lost by two to the wizards. They, um, they lost a close one to the heat as well. If LeBron put up some big performances, I think he'd be even with Embiid, but, um, I do think there is still time for it to be a close race. 
but I think Embiid's a clear favorite right now because, you know, number one record in the East, averaging like 30 a game. He hit, he's hit some game winners. You know, I think he had a really good game against Gobert, who everyone is always putting him in the top of defensive player of the year category. I think Embiid's, you know, he's got a healthy lead right now in the MVP race. Ah, this, this, oh man, I, I don't know where to go with MVP. LeBron got the name, but I think Embiid is more deserving of the MVP. Like you said, number one in the East, he's averaging 30 in an era now where it's all about, you know, the wings, it's all about the point guard. We have a center who's leading the charge. And I just think that he deserves it more than LeBron. I do agree with what you were saying. If the Lakers were winning a little bit more at the point where um, AD has been missing games, LeBron would clearly be in the, in the front as far as the MVP. But I, I got to go with Embiid. And the only thing, the one thing that I see that's, that would knock down Embiid is the marketability. Like, I don't know if NBA wants to market a center in this day and age as their MVP. That's the only thing that I can see, but as far as numbers and impact and where the team is, he deserves it. Uh, do I want to give a shout out to Jokic? You know, uh, I I, yeah, yeah he's, he's my dark horse guy, yeah. yeah but, but the record is just not up to par with the Sixers. Yeah, and also I want to give a shout out to Dame, too. Because when C.J. Yes. McCollum, C.J. McCollum has been out, Dame has kept this team afloat, and then they are in the playoff. They are in the playoff picture right now. So, want to give a shout out to Dame as well, and also Steph Curry. But I think it's gonna be a little bit hard for Steph and Dame to win the MVP, especially if, especially Curry, if the Warriors find themselves out of the uh, regular playoff picture outside of the um, the play-in games. Yeah. Uh, going back to LeBron real quick, I do want to acknowledge, I think he is having a really amazing year. You know, yeah. it's been an up and down situation with AD being out and he's been the constant for layers for the Lakers. I mean, if we want to get down to the essence of the award, most valuable, I feel like if we just really emphasize the valuable LeBron would win it all the time. Part of that's because the makeups of the teams that he's on, because they're usually all built around his strengths. And when he's not there, it's just a bunch of confused role players, you know, um, Although this year's Lakers, I think, are a little deeper than that. But particularly defensively, I think LeBron's done a really good job. Coming into the season, we were running, oh, shorter offseason. We know LeBron likes to pace himself. What's he going to look like at the beginning of the year? And I think he's, he's come out really aggressive, and he's, he's defended pretty well. I mean, uh, he'll take a first quarter off. He'll, you know, kind of size up the competition, get guys going. But for the most part, he's been doing really well on defense. And when he tries, his rotations are always tight. He doesn't foul. Um, he takes charges. I think LeBron's, he's probably a defensive player of the year dark horse. You know, I was looking at some rankings. They have him around fourth, fifth, you know, that third range. If AD comes back and the team really, you know, its strengths really start to shine, I think we might see some more LeBron defensive player of the year buzz. I think he's probably going to make an all defense team, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, he should this year. I, he definitely should. He definitely should. All right, so let's get to one of my favorite parts of the show, the fun time segment. This time, I, I don't have one specific thing like I usually have. I'm just going to hit you with, like, random, random questions on the spot, have a little time to think about. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right, question number one is true or false? 
we kind of talked about this already, but I want to give get a definitive definitive answer from you. True or false? Blake Griffin makes the Nets prohibitive favorites to win the NBA Finals. Oh, false. <laughs> <laughs> they still have their weaknesses. Um, he's he's still not going to help them out defensively, which is what you were mentioning. Um, he'll provide some if KD's out some more time. You have another offensive initiator in Blake, who still you know has some pretty good fundamentals and tools to get guys going and also be a good finisher as a role man in the pick and roll. So maybe we'll see some dunks out of him, but the Nets still have those weaknesses they got to address. So we're, we're going false on that one. <laughs> All right, false. Question number two. If you, had, if you had to choose one player to start a franchise with, who would you choose? Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Luka Doncic, or Nikola Jokic? And choose wisely. I'm listening. Oh, hmm. That's a good question. I might go with, I think I got to go with Luca. Mm, Luca. Why Luca? Luca, just because of all, you know, he's, his ability to initiate. I mean, he, he reminds me of LeBron with much less athleticism, but his ability to facilitate and just his IQ. Yeah, I know a lot of, um, I think Luca would be amazing to start a franchise with. I, I'm mad that the Hawks passed on him because seeing, you know, Seeing Luca, you know, do do damage there, that would have been amazing. Um, but I do like Trey Young, and I still think he'd be, he can be a great guy. And then I think I'd go Jokic second, just because his ability to pass and also his his continued um, ability as a scorer continually improving. So I think those, those would be my top two guys. But I do got love for Jason Tatum and Brown though too. Yeah, I'm sticking up for my boy Jason Tatum, St. Louis stand up. Starting a franchise with Jason Tatum. Nothing needs more to be said. Jason Tatum, let's go. All right. (laughs) Number three. Number three. All right. So the Hall of Fame inductees have been, well, not the inductees, but the candidates have been announced. And two names have stuck out. Should Chris Bosh and Paul Pierce get in on the first try? Oh, that's a good question. Who are the other people that are on the ballot? Uh, we still have people like uh, Ben Wallace is on the ballot. Uh, Bill Russell as a coach is on the ballot as uh, women's players. I don't have all the names completely, but those are a couple of players. That, and Chris Webber is still on the ballot too as well. Chris Webber's on the ballot, okay. And so they've all been, they've all they've all tried and they didn't get in yet. Yeah, they right? didn't. Well, uh, Ben Wallace and Chris Webber hasn't gotten in yet. I think Paul's definitely going to get in. You know, he won that title for the Celtics. I think, I think Chris Bosh is also, I think they both deserve to get in first try, honestly, if they're going against Chris Webber and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're both been important players over the years. And Chris Bosh also was a big part of the Heat. They don't win those series if they don't have a guy like Bosh in there who, you know, did the sacrifices, did what he had to do to get the win. Um, it's not as surefire as like Dwayne Wade, but I think they should both probably deserve to get in first drive. Yeah, uh, also, I do want to say I think Ben Wallace deserves to get in Hall of Fame. Four straight Defensive Player of the Year awards. There's nothing need to be else to be said about that. All right, bonus question. Well, not bonus question. I'm bonus statement. I want you to right now make a short pitch of why. Andre Drummond should sign with the Lakers and go. 
Andre, if you sign with the Lakers, it is a guaranteed title. You know, I know you're you're in a weird place in your career because you you're on this this path of, you know, I'm a I'm a young talented player. I have you know amazing, you know, capabilities in rebounding and scoring, and I've put up some really dominant performances. But credibility has kind of fluctuated throughout your career. You know, people haven't always respected you as a championship caliber player that would instantly be solved. And not only that, but if you sign with this long-term, being paired next to AD, no one would ever score a bucket in the paint again. You know, it, it would literally be a 10-year streak of no one getting a dunk. So I think you and AD long-term would be an amazing pairing. So I don't, I don't oh. see what any other choice, actually. <laughs> uh, I'll be there. I will, uh, I'll drive you to the El Segundo practice facility. I'll, I'll set go. it up with Rob. It's going to be great, man. There. <laughs> there we go, Andre. You heard it. Come to the yeah. Lakers. Come on to LA. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So to end off the episode, always dedicate time to the fan inside my guest. And we're going to talk about the Lakers here. Um, are you satisfied with where the Lakers are at, at the half point of the season? I'd say overall I am satisfied, yeah because we got some games out of AD, but I think what was kind of on my mind was AD didn't look like he wanted to be out there. I don't know if it was health or if it was mental, but you know, sometimes when you need a mental health break. I think AD was looking like he needed one of those. He just wasn't the same championship level player that we were seeing defending the paint and, you know, asserting his will on guys. I'm glad that AD is getting this month off because I think he really needed it. I'm impressed with LeBron's ability to go hard every night and just do his job every freaking night. And a lot of nights when people are saying, oh, you got the Wizards tonight, why don't you just take it off? He says no. And the Wizards ended up beating us anyways. But um, I'm impressed with a lot of things about the guys. Kuzma's ability to um, develop into a guy that does a lot more dirty work now. Because before, we were just pegging him as a scorer. But his ability to get big rebounds, to hustle, play really good wing defense, that's all amazing. And we got him for a pretty good deal too. Um, Dennis Schroeder, I think is a great piece too, for us. You know, he's got, he's got that um, bully ball mentality too. Really great perimeter defender. I like the development of THT crew. So I'm a, I like to see things on the bright side, technically. I mean, um, most, in most cases, but there are definitely things we got to work on. The three point shooting is a little concerning because we start off hot and then you think, Oh, they'll get going. But it hasn't gotten totally picked up yet. We might need to get a shoot off the bio market. I think we have enough guys just need to hit their shots because they're generating good looks by people like LeBron, people like Schroeder. But they just got to hit them, man. It's just a make or miss league, as they always say. Yeah, but I think for what it's worth, the Lakers are in a good spot. Um, I would say I was kind of taking the back of how AD was playing. Now, 22 points per game. You know, uh, that's crazy that we we think of AD that highly where 22 points per game is like, it's, what are you like doing? garbage out there? for him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, what are you doing out there? I thought he was going to be, um, and, and, you know, an MVP caliber player this year. And he's capable. They always said that the, the, the torch slowly should be passed to Anthony Davis from LeBron. This is LeBron twilight years if you want to call it that, even though he's playing at a high level, he's still averaging, you know, his career average right now or close to it. But it should have been AD definitely in the driver's seat. Uh, but I 
I think that he'll get it together. Um, Dennis Schroeder, fantastic pickup. That's one of the things I was concerned with with the Lakers a couple years ago. Do they have that point guard that could take the pressure off LeBron creating? Uh, we saw that having Rondo was a plus, but then they lost Rondo. But them getting Dennis Schroeder is a perfect setup. And from what his word looked like an upgrade. Uh, of course, Montrez Harrell, him providing energy, productive minutes at times, Kyle Kuzma. I still want him to develop into that third score on the team, but yeah, he's got it in him. Yeah, he has it in him, but uh, I, I, I also like THT. I like how he plays. He plays hard, and hopefully he he can keep developing and getting more minutes. But I am concerned. One thing I was concerned with to start the season for the Lakers is them losing a lot of speed and athleticism in the front court. You know, not having JaVale, not having Dwight. Even though Dwight's older, the length and athleticism gave teams problems. And they were, Lakers were a big matchup problem for most of the teams last year in the NBA. Uh, them having Marcus Saul, you know, he's a fantastic player, fantastic defensive player, use his mind, intelligent, he's slow. Uh, he's prone <laughs> to injury. <laughs> AD yeah. has to work himself back when he comes back. Um, they're very thin at this spot now. I've been hearing that they've been, you know, looking in that buyout market, they might bring JaVale back in. I really think they should go after Andre Drummond. I think if they get Andre Drummond, is almost a wrap. Lakers to win the championship. Um, I'm going to ask you, in order for the Lakers to repeat, do you think they need somebody like Andre Drummond or even JaVale McGee on the team? It's a really interesting question. I've been asking myself that a lot too. Um, actually, we can't get JaVale back because of something in the CBA because we got rid of him last year. There has to be at least one year um, after a trade. I think we traded him technically. Yeah. So basically it has to be over a year until we can bring someone like JaVale back who was previously on the team. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up about the front court because that's been a big source of my frustrations this season. Outside of the three-point shooting, it's been our inability to just bully guys in the paint like we did with Dwight and JaVale. And I loved last year's team for having Dwight, a guy who can, we can throw on Jokic to just have some minister harassment in the playoffs. And also just to do work against smaller teams. But a big reason we haven't been as potent in the front court is because AD has been hurt. I think we might have enough to still repeat if AD gets healthy. Because when it comes down to it, AD is going to be at the five in these, you know, in these late series crunch time lineups. And if we get that defensive player of the year worthy version of him again, he's going to be the five on the floor, not Mark. Mark might put in some good minutes in the first and third quarter in the series. Um, but just for my peace of mind, I think we should get another big man. And what do you think of Damian Jones? Let me ask the guy we signed off a 10 day. I, I like him as a defensive presence. I think, you know, that's what the Lakers need. They don't need nobody else to score the ball. They just need somebody grabbing boards play good defense, you know, read and react very well. And I like him as a young prospect. And, of course, you know, it's going to take him time. But, you know, um, even though they have him, I still think the, uh, having Andre Drummond would just, like, set her things off. I know. I'm, I'm, start, I'm trying to talk myself into it. But I'm also keeping in mind that that would, would require a buyout, which kind of requires Andre to surrender some salary out of his 28 million that he's owed or something like that. And I think it's tough for the, for the Cavs too, from their perspective. So they're still looking for a trade partner. 
I think they really don't want to buy him out, you know, from the Cavs perspective. So, I mean, I would love to have Drummond, but I actually like Damian Jones' skill set. He's a lob threat. He can block shots. If we got him, he'd be super cheap. He's just, he'd just be big man insurance. You know, we would sign him for the rest of the year if he kept performing well. Um, I like a guy like his skill set because that's something we've been missing. Just some size, battle for rebounds, protect the paint, you know, get some lobs. It, it's not much, you know, it's just cleanup crew kind of stuff. But that's yeah, something we're really missing with no JaVale and no Dwight. Yeah, that's what they need. Somebody to clean it up. Somebody to clean it up. Well, that was the end of Stacey on Sports for Comeback Show NBA Midseason Review. We still hold Lakers to a high standard. Out of LA, Mateo, thank you for coming on to the show. I really appreciate your insight and everything. Uh, give your social media, plug your social media. Where can people find you at? Sure thing. You can find me on Twitter at MateoNav53. And then you can also find our YouTube show, Save the Lakers, on YouTube. So we do game recaps and we cover big news related to the Lakers. Um, you can find stuff there. Thanks for having me on, man. We had a good time. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That was the end of SOS Stacy Owen Sports. See you next time.